Ah, wow. Rebecca, it feels really good to hear that music again and start off uh, a brand new episode. It's true. It's been a whole year, I believe, since our last um, Good Words podcast, and we are looking to resuscitate the old girl (laughs) and bring her back to life. She's been on life support for a whole year, Um, and by life support, I mean we didn't stop paying the hosting bill. (laughs) That's, That's the life support. We allowed the automatic renewal to continue to happen so that you could all listen to the back catalog, but... We've got a brand new show in store for you. We do. Um, this is going to be a shorter format. Um, we hope. Yes, but it's it's the same Rebecca and Tim that you you know and love or or are getting to know and maybe like a little. <laughs> <laughs> or completely detest, but just can't stop yourself from listening to us. That's always a possibility, too. (laughs) That's true. Um, So, yeah, this one is going to be just, um, yeah, shorter form with um, four specific. um, uh, Yeah, we've got bits, if you will. Bits. Let's not call them bits, but that's okay. I think segments is good. Okay. Our first segment in the new format for the Good Words podcast is Amazon reviews, specifically the most ridiculous uh, reviews of common everyday items that we can find. It's true. It may be a beloved object that we have. It may be um, something we esteem to have. Yeah. <laughs> something we're just shopping for and decide to read the reviews. And just uh, after reading the reviews, we just can only shake our heads in sadness and despair at humanity. <laughs> um, before we start this, um, just question for you. Have you ever left an Amazon review? Oh, sure. A couple. Okay. I should I should really look in, look in my uh, Amazon reviews count, uh, see if I can see if I can find the, the number of reviews that I've left. Well, I will just say while you look that up that I've never left one. And so... Um, well, you use so my account. So. I can just throw stones at anyone that leaves a review because I cannot be judged for the reviews that I have not left. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. So as long as you never put yourself out there, uh, no one will make fun of you on a random <laughs> podcast. Okay, do you want to share your review? I sure do. So my review is for a beloved little toy that I think is is well well loved this Christmas season. Um, it's called Owlies, and our son um, Simon received this for his sixth birthday. It's a it's a little owl that um, you know you can feed if it's hungry. You can burp it if it is gassy. It has different emotions. It's cold. You warm it up um but it's it's maybe most exciting feature is the flying feature and so for that um you know you you just simple it's a very simple action you just move it up and down and then you place it inside the nest and if he chooses to fly he will otherwise he'll get sad you comfort him you try again it's it's a clever idea like creating a toy that just doesn't work all the time and uh makes the kid try harder yeah you have to you have to teach it yeah Mm -hmm. well my favorite review is from someone who dubs themselves agent white um and i i feel like whenever you put agent in front of your name like you know you're you're maybe a hardcore person about your gadgets um so it's it's title is terrifying flying machine Returned after one attempt at flying, after taking the owl of its box and fully charging it, I wanted to test this thing before turning it over to my daughter for Christmas. Because, real quick pause, I mean, I think the most beloved gifts are the ones that our 
parents would take out and test before giving oh. them to us. You know, I think I think that shows, you know, you as a kid, you want your parent to use your toy first before no. giving it no, to I you. Don't Is so. that, mm-hmm. I don't think so at all. So I struggled to get this <laughs> into flying mode and it kept crying. So again, this is real simple. <laughs> you literally move it up and down. <laughs> yeah, you just have to do it four or five times before it works. <laughs> this thing sounded like a real helicopter was about to take off at my house. <gasps> okay, real quick. And the size of this thing is, what would you say? Five, six inches? No, five at the most. Five like, inches. In diameter. So that sounds like a real helicopter. Um, after spinning up for a few seconds, it lifted off and immediately came towards me and I was sent diving out of the way, not diving. to be sliced into bits by the rotors. Instead, it hit the edge of our bed and fell to the floor, boxed it up and returned. I can see many kids heading to the hospital on Christmas <laughs> Day because of this thing. And I think my main question is like, has she, does she know what a hospital is? Like, it, like does she just know why you, people actually go to the hospital? Yeah. Right. Like, I mean. Is is she there every day? Because I cannot imagine this thing would ever send a single person to the hospital. I feel like that's one of those people that always lives in a state of hyperbole, right? Yeah. Like, like what? And what? Yeah, that's that's pretty random. That uh oh. And I love the idea of it's, a it's grown plastic. adult diving out of the way of a five-inch toy. Yeah, and and to be clear, I love drones, but they are dangerous this is not these are folding props they're the lightest flimsiest plastic and yeah there's no way that you would be seriously hurt by a folding prop that's made of that lightweight of plastic i would stop the thing with my head and not be that alarmed (laughs) right (laughs) right it might sting for a second but yeah it would not break your skin So that was my favorite because it was just, yeah, I, I mean, self, I mean, well, not self-explanatory because obviously I felt the need to over-explain why I thought this thing was ridiculous, but I do like the idea of Agent White being so terrified. Agent White. I oh, love, and, oh, go ahead. I love that you included the, the username. That's pretty great. <laughs> and one of my favorite things also is that 36 people found that review helpful. <laughs> Are there that many moms and dads that whip Ooh, out their toys to I test them I was first? going to buy this, but uh, <laughs> after reading this review. Thank you, HMI. I salute you. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, so quick update. I did find the statistics. Um, okay, so my reviews are count. They total 21. Oh, wow. 21 that is reviews. way more reviews than I would have expected. I to have leave. received 24 helpful votes Ooh. and my reviews have been viewed over a thousand times. What in the world? Yeah. Let me just look and see which one is my most helpful. Um, my most helpful. Oh, it doesn't say. doesn't say. Okay. doesn't matter. Uh, so my Amazon review that I'm going to share with us tonight is for a product called uh, the Hans Christian Andersen Complete Leatherbound Classics. Uh, it's uh, like 28, bu- 28 bucks, something like that. Uh, here's one of the six reviews on this item uh, titled Great But Not True Original Tales. Arrived on time, packaged nicely. Book looks as pictured. I gave four out of five stars because these, as the Grimm book I purchased, are not true original tales. I planned on using this book, as well as the Grimm Tales, to use in a paper about the truth behind the stories we grew up with as children. 
These are not books for children. It will take a young adult slash adult to appreciate them. While still horrific tales in these books, they are not the true original tales, which is why I purchased and needed this book to cite facts. If it's for your enjoyment as a literary fan, such as myself, it's just fine. I'm happy I bought them. They just didn't serve the purpose of which I bought them. Why are they not the original? Yeah, no explanation. It sounds like she's complaining about the translation or something else. But like, what does she mean they're not the true original tales? She doesn't even say the true original tales, just but not true original tales. Like, was Hans Christian Andersen, you know, stealing them from someone? I don't understand. Very confusing. And also, I mean, I grew up reading these, and I feel like they're just fine for kids. Like, I mean, they are grim, but they're not, like, something that you should be shielding from your children, in my opinion. And I'm thinking I probably grew up hearing these stories but i'm sure i heard sanitized like cleaned up versions of them you don't remember like reading them like no i remember reading like picture books that are like children's versions of these okay but i'm just like i'm thinking like our boys are like four and six and i feel like they joke about death maiming like all kinds of things like i mean kids just do that so i just don't think that it i don't know just my personal opinion that i don't think it's it's, the worst it's too thing. much no anyway i just i i enjoyed that because she said some outrageous things about the product without really explaining <laughs> why and, and still yes, gave them four out of right, five stars right four out of five really only deducting one star for <laughs> it being not at all what you wanted because it kind of sounded useless yeah but i guess it's just like well-made product it's it's like a a very nice product. Okay. Well, okay. there we go. That's our first segment, and uh, Amazon reviews is done. All right. So, Rebecca, our next segment in the show, uh, we get a little more serious. We are going to start a segment I'm calling Respond to My Quote. Mm. And Just, tell me about that. What is that? Uh, it is, we come up with a quote, a um, something we found, read, or came across uh, recently. And instead of telling you what I think about it, I'm just going to read the quote to you, and you have to respond to it. Tell me what you think about it without any preparation. Intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so since I went first, would you like to go first on this one? Well, I would like to go first, except I'm realizing now I didn't actually come prepared <laughs> to this. Um, so let me see if I can find something real quick uh, from the business book I was reading. I didn't think I underlined anything. Here's my quote for you this week, Rebecca. Okay. You are what your record says you are. Bill Parcells. Record? Like police record or like... Okay. I take personal offense to this because my first thought is police record. Okay. And um, so what does your police record say about you? <laughs> I'm suddenly curious about that. <laughs> well, okay. The reason why we've been missing for a year is um, back last December, I had a car accident where I broke my pelvis. And um, 
that whole thing would would say that um it was it was my fault but i don't think that would really be the full story like it you know i i have a careless driving um thing on my on my record but i don't think that's completely fair and so i feel like i feel like to just sum up a person i mean obviously that's a very um specific example and it could be more just like my record of performance mm-hmm. like in the house or something i don't i don't know if that's completely fair because what if i don't know what you're judging on me like like what you're judging me on i mean like if like if you were taking records for the last um 14 years of marriage but the only thing you were recording is um how many times i did the dishes <laughs> I would be a failure in your your record book and my record wouldn't really speak very well. Or if you looked at this one example of my driving, you might think like you might think something than what the true situation and all the details around it were. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Um however, uh that could be justification and i know that there's such a thing as like believing someone's behavior instead of their verbal reality and so you know like i do tend to try to believe um how people behave instead of what they're telling me right so i think all that to say <laughs> is that was two sides of the the coin i guess um but i i feel like yeah, I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's everything. Like I feel like that sounds like a a list of facts and I would I would tend to um not really know how to evaluate a person just on the facts and not on um getting a sense of of who they are. Um you think what makes them function? Sometimes we talk, we call this the difference between the quantitative and the qualitative. Yeah. Like the quantity versus the quality of a person. Right. And I, I feel like that, that seems so harsh and so stark. And, um, I feel like I, I would much more like to get a, a bigger, broader sense of a person. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for responding to my quote. Do you yes, have one for me? I sure do. Mine is from a a book I like to call the Bible. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tim, That's what you call it. If, if Tim could, if you could see him rolling his eye, if I, you, I think it was yeah, pretty obvious. Yeah, I was it eyes. was yeah. it okay. was undeservedly that that was super cheesy and odd. So this is Ephesians five eighteen to nineteen. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. So, um, yeah, that is, that's a tough one because uh, my mind immediately starts latching onto the legalism, like, condemnation side of things Mm. um because yeah uh alcohol is such a dangerous thing and a relevant thing in our culture it's ruined many people's lives and or impacted almost everyone's life in some way or another 
um, hear stories about it all the time. So obviously that is wisdom. I believe that is, is, is good wisdom to avoid alcohol, but it's not the only thing that it's saying. It's also saying do use music instead. Like not just music, but like worship music instead. Worship God instead of alcohol specifically. So um, yeah, actually that makes a lot of sense. Like um, when we were going to uh, celebrate recovery all those years, uh, a few worship songs were always played at the beginning of the meeting. And uh, that was really cool. It was a neat part of, of the, the program. Um, it felt important. It felt really valuable at the time. Yeah. Well, so can I ask you, do you ever um, break into worship songs? Not like? often. Not often. I um, I have a hard time, like, listening to Christian music, like, worship music for very long. Like, I can... Because I use music as background noise. I, mm-hmm. I don't listen to music just to listen to it very often. It's mostly just something I need background noise while I'm working or while I'm trying to focus on something to just to just like do something else. So my regular music listening is all that. Um, and my worship time is almost entirely just in church on Sunday mornings. That's all of the musical worship that I ever do um, anymore. So no, I cannot remember the last time I just broke out in song, but I imagine it would be fulfilling. It, it would help fill up and maybe distract me from, you know, doing something else. So, okay, quick question. When you um, worked for a, um, a pretty large Christian organization um, a few years ago, did anybody ever break into Christian singing during a work meeting? Was it, did that ever happen? No, um, I know you guys prayed before yeah. each meeting, but I'm I'm just curious if oh. that was ever a thing. Um, no, I mean, there was I mean there was a a chapel time on Wednesday mornings where we all got together and and sang, but that right, was. But I'm I'm talking work meetings, just just random full, work meetings. Meeting. No, <laughs> that that never happened. That that never happened once. Um, it was not a spirit filled uh kind of thing, you know, in in those meetings. Not not a lot of charismaniacs in the <laughs> letting it all you know fly <laughs> during the meetings. I'm curious if that ever happens, like at churches and stuff, like between pastors and leaders. Like if if they're having like a business meeting, if they ever start just singing, like I don't know why that cracks me up. <laughs> like it shouldn't crack me up, but it does. <laughs> well, it because... feels like it'd be pretty distracting. Like it could be like. <laughs> So we can't have our meeting now because you're singing. <laughs> like, like it kind of shuts everything else down. Right. Right. Uh, I think it's more something just do by yourself. Like, like I think I think it's a great idea. I think maybe this week I'm going to try to uh, take a break from my work, turn off my monitor, and hum along <laughs> with a worship song or a hymn or something emphatically hum 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 vigorously. Yes. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe sing a little bit. Maybe if I can find something catchy that I that I really want to sink my teeth into. Okay. I'll see how that goes. Great. Well, um, we haven't been interrupted by either of our children, so should we just keep on going? Let's do it. All right. The next segment we have for you is uh, what we watched this month. 
And we're specifically going to rate um, a movie that we've watched together recently uh, in three areas. Characters, writing, and aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And the movie for um, this week is called Jojo Rabbit. Um, so It's an independent film. You mm-hmm. might find it at your local uh, you know, independent cinema. Yes. And it was um, directed by the same director. Didn't you say this? Thor Ragnarok? Yeah, or? I'm pretty sure. Taiko Watiti or something like that. Um, he's a New Zealander. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same guy who directed Thor Ragnarok. And, um, Which is a pretty funny movie. Yes. So this one takes place in World War II. And, um, in Germany. Yes. And it's about a little boy um, who has an imaginary friend. Tell us who that imaginary friend well, is, Tim. Well, he's a 10-year-old boy in Germany, and he's super into Nazis. So his imaginary friend is Hitler. Yes. And somehow this movie is funny and heartfelt. Yeah. Um, because an imaginary friend is like a projection of a part of your psyche, right? Right. Like, so you are projecting yourself onto this figure that you are interacting with. So when a movie is doing that, they have to make a character that is part little boy, but is also Adolf Hitler. Yes. And when I read that, yeah, that was a really good description. When it, but when I read just that general description, I was like, this is a Tim and Becca movie. We must go see it. <laughs> Absolutely. And it was. <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, so my rating on character, like characterization and character development um, is going to be a five out of five. And why is that? Uh, because I think that it really focuses on that. These characters are ones you empathize with quite deeply because the movie shows you how they are living in this world. It's the near the end. It's obvious to many people that uh, Germany is going to lose the war. And what is that reality like? Well, and not to be boring, but I also will give it a five out mm. of five um, because I, yeah, I felt like there was oftentimes that this 10 year old boy reminds me of my six year old boy. And, you know, so I feel like there was just that reality to it and the coping and like, you know, I, I like how the mom was with with raising her boy by herself. Um, I mean, I would hope that I would bring some of that to a situation like that and I, I feel like it was you know it was very easy to see where all the characters changed and grew and how when something in your moral compass is challenged um so uh so deeply um what that does to a person and that's that's a, a great explanation I, I think that's exactly right um the other part about characters that I think is important is the actors that mm. play them and in this book, or sorry, in this movie, <laughs> wow, in this movie, um, a large number of uh, comedians are actors, or, or people who are great comedic actors are playing parts, um, except for the two children. The two children are not comedy. Like, like they, they sometimes do funny things, but they're not like... They're not the clowns of the movie ever. They're very right. serious, which is good because it treats them with respect. But all of the characters around them, all of the adults around them are utterly ridiculous. <laughs> They're just just total goofy, um, bizarre, and spectacular actors who 
are are playing I, I can't even imagine what they thought the first time they read the script or, or went in for a re- I know like what, what makes an actor think like when they hear this description of the movie like this is a movie I want to be in or say the actor who plays the Fuhrer <laughs> yeah again what makes you think sure that's what I'd like to do <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a great question. Yeah, I wonder how you cast someone to play Adolf Hitler, like with a lot of lines too. I mean, I guess it helps that it's a ridiculous Adolf Hitler, um, who is bizarre and and funny. Uh, okay, so okay, yeah. the next uh, criteria that we want to rate it on is writing. Okay, and again, um, I'm gonna say a five, and you know, I I don't. I don't this first rate this first movie may seem like a little boring the ratings I don't know but this is truly like one of my top favorite movies I've seen in a while so I yeah I thought the writing was um just genius like I I don't think like I have that thought like that often when I'm watching a movie where I'm just like that was complete genius like the writing but I mean how do you make something funny and yet also make you cry you know that it takes place with you know in in world war ii with with the fuhrer okay okay (laughs) yeah right i mean it's it's such a writing challenge that you have to get it just right you have to you have to finally calibrate it to not be right super offensive sappy and i yeah yeah. and offensive is also right you could go right you go super (laughs) sappy you could go very like like fake uh like over the top or you could try to be super like preachy and moralistic right. about it or other things like that. But Somehow no. Somehow it didn't do any of that. So there is a quote at the end of the movie um, that says um, it's by, well, the quote is by Rainer Maria Rilke. Um, and the quote is, let everything happen to you, beauty and terror, just keep going. No feeling is final. And I think that is such a beautiful quote. And I mean, it it really does sum up what a lot of the movie is about. And I think that like filming a a movie through that lens set in this setting, I feel like is kind of a unique angle. And um, I, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, Great. My, my rating is going to be just a four out of five. Mm. Um, I think the movie was able to lean a lot more heavily on the directing. Uh, so many of the gags were visual. Uh, it was about what characters were doing in the scene or the way they were interacting with each other was, was some of the funniest and most, um, it, it tells so much of the story. They showed instead of told. Oh, interesting. So uh, in a movie script, I mean, do you think that that was written down? Sometimes. For... Sometimes it's it's got to be like a stage direction um, is part of it, but I'm thinking more about dialogue. Okay. Okay. I understand now. So the last category is aesthetics. Okay. Um, man, all the things about aesthetics, uh, I, I have to give it a five out of five on aesthetics. Mm. Um, the costumes, were really cool, really convincing and important. Like they they focus on the costumes and all of it. The the Hitler youth uniform, the 
everything about it. And also the set of the house that the little boy lives in and the, the city that he's in, like we get to know that house and we get to know that city. Like it's important to understand the structure and the, the setting that this boy lives in. I, I think the movie just did a great job of showing us that. And we, we see, we see it in all of its, you know, messed up, scratched up, broken down, um, wartime, you know, visual splendor. That's awesome. You know, I also would give it a five, but um, this, but for different for different reasons. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like um, I feel like that they used um, they did a lot of foreshadowing um through visual cues, and I felt like that was um, really important to the film. And I also um felt like you know they they start off the movie um with showing old clips um of of germany oh my gosh yes um and so i mean i've seen the ones where you know hitler's talking and people are hiling him and it's you know this big it's like intense right but what they showed in this film was like women screaming and like feigning and it being so like crying emotionally overjoyed to see the fuhrer and and they play behind it one of the Beatles songs. And I mean, yes. it is such a great parallel of like, I mean, that's what you see women doing with the Beatles, not with Adolf Hitler. But right. apparently. Oh, my gosh. It was so great. So subversive in, in putting that Beatles soundtrack behind. Oh, it was right. amazing. Just that people would freak out like that uh, with so much joy and hope and, you know. Totally. Yeah. When I when I saw that scene, like that uh, that little segment at, towards the beginning, um, I, I think I, I thought if they made that first, they could have probably could have sold the whole movie just by showing people that clip. Yeah. You know, like like here's here's something we're gonna have in it, and it's like yes, go make this. This is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So yeah, let's let's go to our last and final segment for the week. Okay. Our final segment is called Being an Adult is Better. And of course the idea is let's talk about a way in which being an adult is way better than being a kid. Well, so do you want to go first or second? Um, I want to go second. I, I don't really know where I want to go with this one yet. Okay. So um Yes, I I think that what pops into my head with that is um, there is something that is just driving me crazy for some reason about Simon's school. And um, so Simon is, you know, one of the taller kids and so and a very determined boy. And so <laughs> he happens to run to the swings um, faster than anyone else. And, um, like I've watched this happen <laughs> creepily from my car, <laughs> <laughs> just watching him play in the playground, from watch him run out the straight out to the swings. Okay. Anyway, so he gets, there's four swings and it's the popular item on the playground. And so he gets to the swings. Well, um, first, you know, or one of the first kids. So apparently, um, some of the kids there are like enforcing this random rule that they made up where they count to a certain number and then the other kid has to leave the swing and they get to swing. And so they're, they're enforcing taking turns after a certain number of swings. Yes. And this drives no me pressure. drives me crazy. So yeah, so like like I mean Simon has a hard time just like enjoying it because it's like there's someone like, you know, 
watching him, like waiting to kick oh, yeah. him out. That is the sort of thing that would absolutely ruin an experience for him. Yes, that would break him. Well, okay, so that drives me insane because, like, what? Like, a kid takes it upon themselves to make up some stupid rule and, like, try to enforce this on people? So I feel like that is my reason this week for why being an adult is so much better. Because, like, if I'm sitting at a park bench, like, no one's going to randomly come up to me and, like, stand over me and be, like, count to, you know, 60 or something and be like, yeah, now you have to get up because it's my turn to sit on this bench. Like, that is so weird. I would definitely think that person would be mentally unstable or something and i mean it would be it would be one thing if it was like a kind gesture from my heart that they could sit in the bench but okay if, but if a stranger just walked up and randomly threw some crazy rule out like i would just be able to say no or look at them strangely and i feel like there's more pressure as a child to just do random rules okay i, I get that that makes sense that's cool so what if um uh, as an adult, what if you were like enjoying a hot tub and there's limited space in the hot tub and you were taking up one of the spaces and people are like waiting to use the hot tub? Um, do you think there's any expectation that you should like have a, a reasonable time limit and then get out to let other people use it? There shouldn't be like I would feel awkward because I hate when anyone watches me do anything. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like it would make me more stubborn if I feel like they had an expectation of uh, like okay. me removing myself. Like I would get annoyed by that. Like if they were just like, you know, like waiting around all eagerly and like pacing back and forth or something like that would be weird. That's good. That's good. Cool. I don't know. Is there any, ever a time that you would just listen to oh, a yeah. random rule that I'm constantly, someone would do? I'm constantly like weighing in my head, like, what do people expect? Like, what am I, am I overstepping my bounds? Am I like, am I util using something too much? Like using something up? Ugh. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like those rules have all just like boiled down into this, like, like a, uh, an annoyance meter or an offense meter Okay. Yeah. Well, what if someone's actually verbal with you? Like, not just like, like, what do you do then? Like, what if like... Oh, I think I would be so embarrassed. I would just leave. I like, would just be like, uh, okay, bye. Like, say you're at like a pop machine and like you're filling up, you know, like at one of those oh, where you can sure. pick the different flavors and stuff. And someone just starts counting down from 10, like over your shoulder. Well, that would, I would just laugh. That I would totally laugh. <laughs> but if they just said, uh, you've been there long enough. I need to use it. Then I would just be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, here you go. Oh my goodness, that would make me so angry. Yeah. 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 The countdown would be pretty, pretty ridiculous. <laughs> That's amazing. I feel like I would, but I feel like I would, like, if someone did it to you, I would say something to them because it would make me so angry. Now, if they did it to me and I was just alone, I feel like I would probably also bow to the pressure and then go up to you and be like, that person did that. Please go and get my drink for me <laughs> or something, you know. Exactly. <laughs> right exactly. this wrong. <laughs> exactly. That's really cool. Um All right, so I'm trying to think of my thing. Um Okay, here's what's better about being an adult. You know when to not say things like I think she likes my present the best of all. <laughs> heard, heard a little kid say that at a birthday party today. She she announced or said to the group like, 
in a cute little way. I think she likes my present the best. And then immediately another girl was like, no, she likes mine the best. And then another girl was like, oh, I think she'll like everyone's a, a lot. It's okay. And, and, you know, like just like being an adult, you know, not to say those things. Like you're, you're thinking it, obviously. You're thinking, I really hope the person I'm giving this gift to you thinks my present is the best. But you don't say it. Did you feel like confused as a child of what to say or not to say or did it not really affect you until like later on? Oh, I felt so confused. Yeah. And then like as I began to realize what I should and shouldn't say that I would feel this like shame and embarrassment about things I'd said in the past. That makes sense. Totally. Yes, yeah. that is nice to to kind of have some more constraints around yeah. what you say Keep, keeping some <laughs> things just inside your head <laughs> not always healthy but sometimes really helpful <laughs> well and it is funny because i feel like people um find it endearing often like that children will just say whatever they th- are really thinking like people make this comment mm-hmm. like kids just say what they think or whatever but i feel like everything in society goes against them continuing to do that because if people actually wanted that there wouldn't be like all this like intense pressure to not you know be offensive or make a fool of yourself or yeah i think the word for that is approbation whoa yeah i think that's the word like for just like um letting people know that you don't approve of what they're doing wow like like this like the the subtle pressure or like the the pressure from society against you doing that thing well that is a good word my friend (laughs) hey that's the name of our podcast i see what you did there Okay, that's our podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, yeah, thanks for being our um, our beta listeners on this um, this you know new new format, yeah. and um, we hope you enjoyed it. I can't even remember which episode this is. I, I know we were in the sixties. Yeah, I don't know either. But it's been a whole year, so I can't even tell you. But please um, email us with any thoughts or comments yeah. um, at feedback at terribleaudio.com that's right yeah and you can uh yeah like like becca said you can find us on that website find our episodes there and uh you find us on soundcloud also thank you thank you